Gracious God, thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord, that you'd speak it to our hearts today in the power of your Holy Spirit. We love you, we honor you, we worship and adore you, and we thank you for it. Now I pray that your Holy Spirit would also rest on me, that I can bring your word to your people today, boldly and faithfully, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall, be you in the, uh, shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself as he has sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. And all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the fruit of your womb and in the fruit of your livestock and in the fruit of your ground within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you shall only go up and not down if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them. And if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, or be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes that I command you today, then all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. And then... Let's go to Psalm 1. Excuse me. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit and its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers, and the wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And then finally, to James chapter 1, starting with verse 22. But be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, and goes away, and at once forgets what he was like. 
But the one who looks into the law, the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. Well, we've been looking at this whole concept of our call to bless as well as being blessed by God. And our theme verse has been, by the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. And so that, that is our foundation verse for looking at blessing and being blessed. And we've seen the last couple of weeks how uh, we are inheritors of the promises that God made to Abraham to bless us so that we will be a blessing. This is God's desire. He wants to bless us, but it's not just for us. It's not just to celebrate our blessing. It's not just to uh, uh, bask in our blessedness. But actually, God's intention is to bless his people so that through his people, all the ethnic groups, all the nations of the world shall be blessed. And we've been looking at this. And last week, we saw how we need to contend for this blessing, that it's not something that we receive passively, It's not something that's promised and then we just say, oh, okay, well, I'll just wait around, I'll hang around until it comes. But it's something that sometimes we even have to wrestle with God over so that God will release the blessing, not as a way to earn it, not as a way to deserve it, but simply because God has chosen to act in this way as he blesses us because ultimately his blessing is by his grace. Just as we are saved by grace through faith, so we are blessed and receive the blessing by God's grace through faith. There's no other way. There's nothing we do to earn the blessing. There is nothing we do to be the inheritors along with Abraham. It is completely, 100%, God's sovereign doing in our lives, drawing us to him through his son, Jesus Christ, filling us up, with his Holy Spirit. And this is an an absolute foundation that we need to understand. It's not something we earn. It's never something that we earn. It's always by the grace of God. Because if we miss that, then we will misunderstand blessing. And there's a lot of people that, that think that they're blessed by works. They're blessed by doing stuff, and if they please God more, they'll get more blessings from God. But there's also a movement in the world today. Some have referred to this as the hyper-grace movement that would say, well, since it's all by grace, then we don't have to do anything. Since it's all by grace, then we can just live the way that we want to. We can act the way that we want to. We can do the things that we want to do. We can follow our own wants and desires and things like that. Because after all, God's grace is upon us. We can't do anything to get God's grace. We can't do anything to lose God's grace. So consequently, we just live the way that we want to live. And clearly, this is an unbiblical concept about God's grace. As Paul said, you know, shall we sin so that grace can abound? Absolutely not. There's no way we cannot do that. And in fact, the scriptures are clear that although the blessing comes by grace through faith and that the blessing comes to us not just so we can enjoy it, although God wants us to enjoy it, but not just so we can enjoy it, 
but also to bless the nations of the world, that the blessing coming by grace through faith makes demands of us. God's blessing always makes demands of us. Last week I used the example of somebody that uh, you know, might be given a car as a teenager to write a passage in the States. And, uh, and you can, I, I remember when my, own, my dad bought uh, an inexpensive car and gave it to me. Uh, that was great, and I was really happy about that. But you know, I still had to pay for the petrol for the car. I had to pay for the insurance. I had to make sure that I drove it in, in an appropriate way. I had to take care of it. I had to learn how to clean it. I had to learn how to clean it inside and outside. I had to learn how to maintain it. Uh, and I even learned things about how to change the oil and, and things like that until cars became so complicated that you know somebody without expert knowledge uh, really had difficulties doing that kind of thing. But these were all requirements that came to me, and had I not fulfilled these requirements, even though I received the car by, by no merit of my own, even though it was solely what my, my dad did to bless me, if I didn't take care of the blessing that, God, that my father gave me, I would have lost it. I would have wrecked it, I, it would have run down, the engine would have quit, and so on and so on and so on. And the same is true in the sense of our blessing with God. Now Moses is the first, he points this out very, very clearly. You know, he says, listen, if you will do the things the Lord your God has commanded you, I will bless you. And there's so many great, great, great verses in, uh, in, uh, in that passage that we read today. Things that I have heard uh, so many times. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit uh, of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle. Uh, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Uh, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and, and on and on and on and on. And these are great promises, great promises of blessing that Moses makes, that God makes through his servant Moses to his people. And all of these blessings are true. All of these blessings flow from the blessing that came first to Abraham. And all of these blessings are equally valid for us today because we stand in that lineage of Abraham and we've been grafted into that vine by Jesus Christ. The scriptures tell us this time and time again. All of these blessings are true for us. But notice, and all the times that I've heard these verses preached on, I have almost never heard someone say that these blessings require obedience. All the time, you'll be the head and not the tail. Blessed will you be going out and blessed will you be coming in. As if all of a sudden, no matter what, we get these blessings. And Moses is actually very clear here. No, you get these blessings if you obey the voice of the Lord. Blessing comes through obedience. Now, it comes by grace, it comes by faith. We don't earn it by our obedience. It's important to state this. We do not earn the blessing by our, our obedience. 
But in a sense, we receive it or we activate it or we experience it as we obey. And without obedience, we cannot experience the blessings that God has for us. Experiencing God's blessings that come to us by his grace requires our obedience. Now we ended this passage on on that uh, very almost sour uh, verse there, verse 15. If you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, be careful to do all his commandments and his statutes, uh, then all these curses shall become upon you. And you might think, okay, well, if the blessings are true, then maybe the curses are true as well. But actually, we've already seen that in Galatians chapter 3. Notice, remember what Paul says, Christ became a curse for us. So the curses, the curses here have been canceled through the cross of Jesus Christ. So anybody who is saved by grace through faith, anybody that comes to the Father through Jesus Christ who died on the cross, Jesus has become a curse for us because God knew that it was impossible for us to obey everything. If it was possible for us to obey even the Big Ten, the Big Ten Commandments, uh, then we would have no need for Christ. But since sin has come in and since sin has polluted us and corrupted us and weakened us so that we cannot follow the law, Jesus died to become a curse for us so that we will not have to bear the curses that have been spoken here by Moses. But the blessings are still there to be received. Christ became the curse but the blessings are still there. And that's what the psalmist is talking about. Blessed is the man who doesn't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In other words, the psalmist is telling us, don't do the wicked stuff, but delight yourself in obeying the Lord Delight yourself in obeying the Lord and you'll be like a tree planted by streams of living water. And you will flourish and the Lord will know your ways and you will continue to receive the blessing. So Christ has became the curse, but the blessing is still there available for us. And you might say, okay, well then... Where is that in the New Testament? We see this in the Old Testament, and it's one thing to quote the Old Testament, but we also need to look at the New Testament, and we see this very clearly there in James. James tells us that the one who perseveres, being just no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, will be blessed in his doing, will be blessed in his obedience. In other words, if we listen to what the Lord tells us and we do what the Lord tells us, then we can receive the blessing in our doing just like the blessing was promised through Moses, that same kind of blessing we can receive through our doing. Again, not just for our enjoyment, but so that we can be a blessing to others. The promise of blessing through obedience is still available to us through Jesus Christ. It's still there. But notice how he starts off that passage. He says, 
but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. There are a lot of people in the body of Christ who walk in deception because they think they can do whatever they want and they don't really have to obey the voice of the Lord. They really don't have to obey the voice of the scriptures as God speaks to us through them, but they can simply do what they want. They can go with the flow and they'll still receive the blessing. And a person who knows what to do and doesn't do it, the person who hears and doesn't act is deceived according to the scriptures. And we deceive ourselves if we think that we can walk in disobedience and still receive the blessing. We'll not receive the curse, thankfully, because Jesus became the curse for us. But if we are not doers of the word as well as hearers, we deceive ourselves and we cannot receive the blessing. So there is a blessing in obedience. And the blessing of obedience is a blessing of freedom. Now, a lot of times we think that, oh, if we follow what God wants us to do, then it's going to lead to bondage. We're, we're just like slaves to God. We're not really free to do what we want to do, to do what we feel like doing, to do all the things that are possible. But let me, if you will, return back to the illustration of the automobile. I received the automobile simply by the grace of my father. But receiving the automobile required something of me. I had to pay the cost of obeying my father and taking care of the vehicle, making sure it was properly insured and licensed and all of these kinds of things. But as I did that, then having the automobile gave me freedom to do more than I could have done without the car. So even though I received the blessing by my Father's grace, and the blessing had a cost attached to it, the cost of obedience, as I met the cost of obedience, the blessing led to increased freedom for me to live and enjoy the blessing and also be a blessing to others. And that's God's plan. That's God's purpose. God chooses to bless us by his grace through faith. But that blessing has a cost attached to it, the cost of obedience. But as we meet that cost, enabled by the Spirit of God to do so, meeting that cost leads to greater freedom to live for Jesus. And that's what God has called us to. Let's receive this blessing of obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for how you have chosen to bless us as your people. Lord, I pray that you would show us if there are any areas of disobedience in our lives or any ways that you've, any things you've told us to do that we have not done, I pray, Father, that you would show us as we worship you because we want to walk in obedience so that we might receive 
the fullness of the blessing and the freedom that it promises. We love you, we worship you, and we honor you. Help us to live obediently to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.